Wait, shit. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 228, Nick Qualia, Jared Scally. We have a loaded show this week. Did I think, did I think, actually, you know what? I'll say this. Did I think that the Red Sox were going to be going to the ALCS? If you listen to the last episode, which I know you did, I did predict that the Red Sox were going to win this series. Now, did was I confident in that pick? No. I had no. a feeling they were going to win. I picked them in five. They won it in four. Jared, you picked them to lose, but everybody picked them to lose. Yep, I was going with my brain, not my heart. I'm all, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm they, done picking against them. They pulled this out. Yep, they pulled I'm done. this out. And every time the Red Sox, I'm not gonna say every time because you know 2017, whatever. They they've lost the postseason before. Mm-hmm. But whenever we just like 2018, people were like, this team doesn't have the bullpen. 2013, people were like, this team doesn't have the talent. This baseball team surprised people already and i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if they continue to surprise but the there's no tight the, the, the championship's not out of the question i mean you're in the final four now final four final four and teams. this team now has overpassed every expectation uh it looks like you're probably playing the astros we'll talk about it but like uh. as a recording right now bottom of the eighth inning Houston up seven to one in Chicago. Obviously, Houston wins this game. I just punched my computer. Houston wins this game. You play the Astros in the ALCS. In the ALCS. In the ALCS, which is insane. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Patriots and the Houston Texans game. Looking forward to the Cowboys game. And also the news that is all over sports media right now. Sports Twitter, ESPN, everything. John Gruden resigns from his position with the Las Vegas Raiders. And as everybody knows by now, it's not for no reason. There are emails upon emails upon emails where John Gruden, frankly, looks like a scumbag. Scumbag. All while working at ESPN, too. All while being an analyst at ESPN. So we're going to talk about all that, guys. As always, the show powered by our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code COUCHGUY20 at checkout for 20% off with free shipping. All right. So, Jared. What before they, we okay, get to the I have, a, game, I have a random question. What? What are these little flags on Twitter? What are people? What, do you what mean? is this? Like, I see, like, people, like, you know how you use, like, the, like, can you see what I'm talking about? Like, everyone's oh, using Oh, this. oh, 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 that's, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's literally that's just like, a, okay. That's that's supposed to. I'm, I'm assuming. I just saw that today for the first time too. I don't know if it just started. It was like, like a, a new trend today. Like, what like, is this? It's like this is a red flag if he says or she says this. I'm okay. assuming. I'm guessing. Okay. I've no that, idea. That's just, I'm just that's seeing that's it. That's what I put together. And I'm like, what is that mean? What does that mean? Should I be alert for your safety? Like, what, what's yeah. happening? No, that's just what I put together. Maybe you should, maybe I'm just completely wrong, and somebody is <laughs> someone's <laughs> looking in for help. But I'm doing no idea. That that's what I'm reading it as. Huh, uh, okay. Before we get to the Patriots game, I do want to say, and I texted you this. I'm assuming you didn't watch. Oh, the fight? Yeah, no. Listen, I have watched plenty of boxing matches in my lifetime. Live, I'm not talking replays. Not. I'm talking live not. boxing matches. I fell for multiple Floyd Mayweather fights 
which just disappointed every time. Of course. Because he was terrible to watch. Was mm-hmm. he the greatest boxer of all time? Potentially. You can make that argument. But his matches suck to watch. Oh, yeah. This past weekend, we had Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, three. First time they fought, draw. Second time they fought, I think you can say this confidently, Tyson Fury beat the piss out of Deontay Wilder the second time. I lost plenty of money on the second fight because I had a load on Deontay Wilder. And that's why I can say confidently that Tyson Fury beat the hell out of him. Now, this third fight, Saturday night, it was, and I'm in like I, I'm not saying this like no exaggeration, Jared, the best boxing match that I have seen in my lifetime, live. Not again, not a replay because there's better boxing matches that you can find on YouTube. We're not talking about practice, but I'm talking about my lifetime, the best boxing match that I've ever seen. And I'm you didn't see the fight. This I'm not, fight I'm, not, ended, I'm not a big fan of it. I just can't I can't get into boxing. This fight ended round 11. Unbelievable. Two behemoths of men just trading shots. And like, and granted, Tyson Fury had the fight a heavy majority of the time. He was winning that fight. He was he was in control of that fight a heavy majority of the time. In round four, I want to think it is Deontay Wilder got a clean shot on Tyson Fury that knocked him down. And that was the point. The thing is about Deontay Wilder is like Tyson Fury was beating him handedly for a good chunk of that fight for a, again, a heavy majority of that fight. Mm -hmm. But Deontay Wilder has such a crazy strong right hand that if he connected, if he just slipped one, if he's got that right hand in clean, it doesn't matter who's controlling the fight. If he caught one shot in clean, there is a chance that that knocks out Tyson Fury and he wins that fight. Yeah. But that's not what happened. The fight ended with Tyson Fury knocking out Deontay Wilder. And and we're not, you know, we're not going to get too much into the fight here because that's not this show. But I just wanted to say that if you guys get the chance, I'm sure you can find a YouTube, a video version. I heard somebody watched it on TikTok, uh, which means somebody was illegally streaming it on TikTok the entire fight. But uh, if you guys get the chance, check out that fight. It was unreal. It was a great did fight, Tyson Fury. Did I didn't money? bet this time. If I no. did bet, I would have bet on Tyson Fury, but I learned my lesson last time. I was too confident that Tyson Fury was going to win, just like I was too confident that Deontay Wilder was going to win that last one. Okay. So. okay. so if you get the chance, check out that fight. Unbelievable, great fight. Again, best one that I've ever seen in my life. Are you a UFC lifetime. guy too? Are you a yeah. UFC person? See, I, don't yep. get the, I can get into maybe watching boxing. I don't get UFC. Like, I don't get the appeal to it. See, but why? I don't know. Like, I just, I, I've tried it. I've sat there and watched it and go, okay, I'm over this. I don't want to watch this anymore. You have to, there, there are, like, if you don't watch UFC, there are a lot of really boring UFC fights. Like, that's, that's just a fact. Just like there are a lot of really boring boxing matches. But when you can get into, when you can get into the sport and then you have a main event like we had this past weekend, like that is like, it was, the, it was like the Super Bowl for the year. Hmm. It was like the Super Bowl for the year for boxing. Test for your Deontay Wilder. I'll, We've t- been, I'll take your word for it. And it was, and it was a tease because we had this fight lined up in July. It was supposed to be McGregor Poirier. And then later that month, Wilder Fury. But then I think it was Fury's camp. Somebody came down with COVID COVID outbreak. They pushed the fight all the way back till this past weekend in October. 
But I mean, honestly, an unbelievable fight. Just two massive men going at it. That is what, if they want to bring boxing back, that is what they need. They don't need Floyd Floyd Mayweather boring ass fights. They need two heavyweights slugging (laughs) it out because it was the most entertaining fight that I've seen in my lifetime. I don't know about connecting it or comparing it with UFC, but boxing wise, not even close for me, for me personally. All right. Get into the Patriots game. And we, there's, honestly, there's not too much to say about this, Jared. But the Patriots defense made Davis Mills look like Peyton Manning. It wasn't good. It wasn't what good. Was that? It was crap. This guy's not known to be good. He hasn't looked good since even he started. He's been playing for Tyrod Taylor because he's hurt again. And now he's coming out and looking like he's the guy that everyone should have drafted. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> looked, and of course, he looked like Peyton what, Manning. What pisses me off is literally it's like, okay. Last week against the Bucks, you almost win. Mac Jones should have had his first game winning drive then, didn't. But your defense held up and your and it was just really your offensive line that failed you. And now this week, the offensive line works. They and it's all backups for the most part. They figure it out. And then the defense four sucks. Four out of five. Yeah, four out of five. And then the defense sucks. Like what the are defense, we doing? The defense, so you know, all offseason, we were so jacked up about the front seven, they go out and they make these moves. They're drafting guys. This front seven, they are going to stop the run. They're going to be a great run-stuffing defense. That's just not the case. You know who the only player that's actually playing well on the defense right now? Judon? Matthew, Ju- Matthew Judon. That's it. No, He's red the- sleeves. Red sleeves is the only one that's playing well. Whoever that guy is. Keep wearing Which, the red sleeves. Which, by the sleeves. way, side note. Sorry, side note. Donovan Mitchell, I've never seen anybody who wants to be a Boston athlete more in my life. More. Donovan Mitchell wants to be so bad. He's just loving everything about Boston. It's like, all right, can we just read the between the sweet tea leaves here, Brad Stevens, and just get him here? Like, can we he wants that? he wants to be here so bad. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to be in Utah anymore. Like, he's over it. He wants to put Gordon Hayward only actually make it work. Like, he he wants yeah. to come to Boston. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So, what, what's he a free agent? Like three years? Bring him back. I think so. Yeah. Let, let's bring him. Let's bring him to Boston. All right, Liam Hendricks is on the mound for Chicago, but sad to say, Chicago, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think he got this. You, you, <laughs> know, you, know, you know who also wants to be back in Boston? I think it's Jack Eichel. Just saying. Jack Eichel. Keep showing up in Boston. Yeah, he was hanging out. He was with the Bruins yesterday in the box of the game. He was at the Red Sox team. No, I know. He was, get it. He's from Boston, but like he was in the game. He was in the box with the entire Bruins roster watching the Red Sox game. Like, what are we doing here? Of course he wants to be here. You think he would choose? He wouldn't choose Boston over Buffalo. He's from. Oh, here. Yeah. Well, he he doesn't want to be in Buffalo anymore. Like that's already known. Yeah. But he's yeah. He Jack Eichel. I Jack Eichel is somebody I would not be shocked if he comes to Boston. And if he does, the Bruins team again is a wagon. And if they don't win the fucking cup this time, I swear to God. I mean, I uh, anyway, don't think they, I don't think they win the cup. But that's just me. Back to the Patriots, though. Back to the Patriots. It's it's sorely disappointing that and, and it's it's sorely disappointing that this defense is not living up to the hype because you know you're coming into this season with a rookie quarterback and you knew there were gonna be some growing pains. You, you bring in a rookie, that's just that's gonna happen, that's gonna be the case. And you were hoping that this could be a team that could win low scoring games because your defense was gonna keep you in it. And you almost lost the game on Sunday because your defense couldn't stop rookie Davis Mills. Brandon Cooks, David Johnson. That's the team that was running your stud, quote air, air quote, defense over. Yeah, and like I watched that game and go, okay, 
So we got rid of Gilmore. Why? Like, J.C. Jackson is not ready to be a number one. I'm (laughs) sorry. He's just not. And I don't even know if he ever will be. But at this point, now they're forced to pay him because what else do they have? Like, what else do they have at corner? Nothing. Devin McCourty is going to be done probably after this year. Trey Flowers got cut today from Seattle. I mean, I wouldn't hate Trey Flowers. Fine. Whatever. But, like, they need options. I mean, Mills has played okay. But the only hiccup that hasn't been an issue has been – the only issue that hasn't actually been an issue is the rookie quarterback thing. Like, Mac Jones has been steady, and then you have one game. The defense is great. Look at last week, right? And then they just – the special teams, they they missed the kick, and they should have won the game. And then you look at this week, and that Mac Jones leads his first game-winning drive. Did it last week too, but – and then the defense doesn't hold up, uh, and they almost lose. Like, right, yeah, so you, so you take the Bucks all the way down to the wire. You take the Bucks down to a missed field goal by Nick Falk. Yeah. And you can't manhandle the Houston, the Houston Texans? Texans? Like, what are we doing? What, what, what is happening? I don't get it. And then on top of that, you still have Josh not trusting his quarterback. Like, you watch this game, and I'm sorry. Like, I'm all for it. This is a legit thing. And he, they, some, he addressed it today, I think. And someone said, like, you know, do you trust your quarterback? He's like, I absolutely trust my quarterback. And apparently his wife, this is what Josh McDaniel said, apparently his wife's up been all up his ass about play calling. But his wife? His wife, yeah. He's hey, like, apparently my, maybe, he's like, my wife's on the side of the fans because she gets yelled, mad at me about my play calling too. Yeah, maybe his wife is fucking tired of first down, running up the middle, second down, running up the middle. Now you got a third and seven. Every fucking drive. Like, can we stop? Like, clearly Mac Jones can throw the ball. And the offensive line was actually good this game, so he had time. Yeah. Run some plays down the field. And now, look, the Jacoby Myers thing, one-off, I think. He has sure hands. But, like, that was a legitimate play. He was wide open. Should have caught it. Would have been a touchdown. But, like, I want more down-the-field shots on first down or, like, first and eight or whatever, what, all these random things you can get. Like, you're running the ball so much when you don't have that ability right now. Yeah, Damian Harris not 100%. Like, you don't – like, come on. What are we doing? You want to talk about bright spots, though. I mean, at least your tight ends finally get involved. Hunter Henry, 75 yeah, yards tell, yesterday. It's funny. You know, you, you can tell they're starting to open up the playbook a little bit. Because you, you, you can, can tell, tell that the they're trying to weeks, work them in. Yeah, the first couple of weeks, they just weren't using the tight end section of the playbook. They just saw that tab and flipped right through it. Like, all of a sudden, Which, they're like, oh, that, that could be useful. Let's go to that page. And now they're like, oh, we have two really good tight ends. We should maybe use that. Like, yeah, you need it. You need it. Like, you brought in both of them to be playmakers, to be scorers. You didn't have one, any other receiving options on this team. Day one, these guys were chalked as your best receiver o- receiving options, and they weren't yeah. even being utilized as that for the first four weeks. Like, so, I mean, that's doing? by far the biggest price spot of the game. And before we pivot over to the Cowboys game this week, because I think it's very notable that you've got the Dallas Cowboys coming in when you were two and three, which, by the way, the Patriots only one game out. Should we get to talk about our friends from where? Uh, Manscaped. Our friends from Manscaped. Those good friends? Guys, do you know it's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20. And now, this is not the typical story that I tell every week, but I do have a friend who who is a, he was a big shaver, shaves every part of his body. He will not do it with anything else other than the Manscaped lawnmower. He won't do it. It's his favorite thing that he uses. Guys, have you ever, try, have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure that you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. 
Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent, and it will scare away those vampires. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned pube products feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. Oh, and did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too? This trimmer is a shower essential. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, a total game changer to your men's hygiene arsenal. The Weed Whacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. I use it, I use it for my nose. Incredible. Perfect, guys. Zero pain ever. I've never experienced pain. Seal the deal with the Manscaped's liquid formulations. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will make sure that your pumpkins stay fresh. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls, they're going to thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Guys, I use the boxers on the golf course every time I go out, and they are perfect. I will not go golfing without them. If you're looking like Wolverine and haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to look into the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. They have a bunch of other life-changing products on their website, and be sure to check them out. Guys, listen up. Get 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Big fan of that word, Halloween. All right, so... You got the Cowboys coming up this weekend. I will be at that game. I'm very oh. excited for it. Oh. Now, the problem is here, if you're a Patriots fan, you watch what Davis Mills, a.k.a. the second coming of Peyton Manning, apparently, according to the Patriots defense, you, you, you made Davis Mills look very good. And, yeah. Jared, I think you could, Davis Mills isn't that good. He's not no. a good quarterback. Could He's have a, a backup neck. rookie. He's got a good long neck. But He's got a long neck. This weekend, after you just watched what he did to the Patriots defense, you have Dak Prescott, who looks just like Dak Prescott pre-injury. You have, and you want to talk about the run defense that's been very disappointing. Oh. You have Ezekiel Elliott coming to town this weekend. My fantasy team is very excited. <laughs> Fantasy-wise, you should be jacked up if you're an Ezekiel Elliott uh, fantasy team owner. Now, here's the other thing, too, about the run game. You can, Ezekiel Elliott, he goes off the field. Now you have to deal with Tony Pollard, who also is a force in the run game. Yep. Oh, and if you stop the run game, don't worry. Because then in the past game, you got to deal with Amari Cooper. you got to deal with CeeDee Lamb. you got to deal with Schultz. This Cowboys team, I I'm, I'm genuinely mean this, Jared. I might be more nervous about this game this weekend for the Patriots than I was for the Bucs game. This Dallas Cowboys team is a legit Super Bowl contender. They're they're nasty. As, lo- as long as they don't crap on themselves like they usually do, this team is built to go win a Super Bowl. Like the defense has gotten better. Um, what's his name? The, the rookie cornerback. I'm he's just blanking my name. Um, the rookie cornerback who he literally has an interception in every single game this year for the Cowboys. This this team is legit. And then they also brought in Michael oh, Parsons. Diggs? Yeah, Stephon's, Diggs is yeah. really Stephon's Diggs brother. Is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Diggs is phenomenal. <laughs> I told you I was just blanking on his name. And then 
you turn Micah Parsons, who's been absolutely like phenomenal since getting drafted, who was a Patriots target, but they went Mac Jones. This is something that, you know, this game could get out of hand really quick, like really quick, unless for some reason they pull a Tampa game and just decide to play and they make it, they make it competitive, but I'm not really convinced that this game can be competitive the way the Cowboys have been playing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the thing is too, about the Cowboys, like their defense, a lot of people came into this season, including me thinking their defense was going to suck again. Mm-hmm. And their defense has actually been serviceable. Dare yeah. I say even, even good. I tried to points. grab him on. I tried to grab him on a waiver wire this week. Was not was not successful. Even yeah. early waiver wire in this league, I was not successful. So you have to you have to consider that if you're. Oh my God, Houston's up ten to one. Yeah, oh, Houston. All Houston right, well, Houston, Red Boston. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, I was worried that when we were doing this game, I was uh, during the show, I was like, okay, well, what happens if we record the show and the Chicago comes back? I gotta say, confidently, I can say that's not going to be the case. Nope, we're good. Um, but you know, Dallas scares me more than I think Tampa Bay did. Dallas has a wagon of an offense and I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. I think the Cowboys right now are better on paper than the Bucks. Like I know it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but well on paper or on the field, because on paper, I would say maybe the Bucks just because you go Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Okay. So, so right now I would, I, I would choose the Cowboys in a one game situation versus the Bucks. I would, I would too. Oh, uh, that's what I mean. On the field wise, I'm choosing Dallas. Yeah, 100%, which is so weird because usually they just flop all over themselves. But Zeke looks much better since Dak came back. Dak looks like himself. Um, and then if you actually somehow do stop the run, like you said, you have all those weapons that you can play with out in the out in the field. So like, and who who are you gonna put on who? Like, are you gonna let J.C. Jackson cover Amari Cooper? Probably a failure. <laughs> but if that's the case, then you gotta deal with C.D. Lamb all day. C.D. Lamb is gonna get better and better too. I'm telling you. Next season, my fantasy draft, I'm getting CeeDee Lamb. I got him this year, and I'm, I'm so happy about it. I missed him by a pick this I got year. him this year in my big money league. I'm so happy about it. I missed him by a pick, and I missed Jamar Chase by two picks. Dude, people who were crapping on Jamar Chase earlier on this year, they just didn't know. They look like fools. So good. This is the most obvious thing in the world that he's been running it. This is the most obvious thing in the world. All right, I mean, what else do you want to talk about with the Patriots? But You want to talk NFL quick because that just got me all gassed up. No, we don't need to talk about the NFL. It's fine. Mac Jones is the guy. I want to talk about John Gruden. Like, let's. Well, I do. I do too. But I, this is literally all I wanted to say. Oh, just rap, real quick, rapid fire. The Bills, best team in the AFC. It's not even close. Bills are a damn wagon. Super, Super Bowl or bust for them at this point. Like, that's let, it. Let me tell you, we are all stupid for even considering that the Patriots might be able to win the AFC East at the start of the year. <laughs> wow, this is the Bills division, and it's not close. No. Um, two. The Chiefs. What is happening with Patrick Mahomes? Okay. Well, actually, this is one thing I did. I did the Chiefs thing. Can we just say that they're not what the Patriots were now? Can we just I saw stop? your tweet and I totally agree. Can we just stop with this? Like yeah. the dynasty the Patriots had will never be matched again, if not for a very, very, very we will be dead if it ever happens again. Like what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did for the last 20 years in New England is not the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Because they don't have as good of a coach, for one. I think Andy Reid's a good coach. But two, it's just so hard to match that success. Wasn't the worst season in those 20 years, that year that Brady didn't play, like the 11-5 and five year? Wasn't that the worst regular season record they had in that 20-year span? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? This? Well, Chiefs... 2000, 2009? Oh, yeah. What was their record that year? Was it 10-6? They weren't good that year. Was it 10-6? 
and you're, I'm want- assuming I'm assuming you're ignoring the Matt Castle season. Well, Matt Castle season they went eleven and five. They did. And they missed and they missed the playoffs. Yeah, oh. they, like, they went eleven and five and didn't make the playoffs with Matt Castle. Let me let yeah. Let me look it up. Oh yeah, because that wasn't who was who was nasty. Wasn't it the the Dolphins? I think so. But yeah, look, this Chiefs team will not be the Patriots dynasty. Like they, I get it. You know, you don't win. A Patriots two thousand nine record ten and six. Ten and six. Okay, so ten, you won ten games, and that was your worst season in the twenty year span. Like the Chiefs will not do what the Patriots did, and you can't compare it. You can't. He's won one Super Bowl. One. I mean, well, Terry Bradshaw's won one Super Bowl. Like, I'm sorry, but he's probably going to win another one. Like, I'm not doubting that Patrick Mahomes will win multiple Super Bowls in his career, but like, then you got to start figuring out without all these weapons, can he win? Because he is they're not struggling. Gonna to, they're not going to be able to keep all these players that they have, right? Look at the Patriots. Look at the team. Some of the teams that Brady won a Super Bowl with. The weapons they had, they had nobody. I don't consider Danny Amendola, you know, and that the Chris Hogan's like those aren't those aren't Tyreek Hills and Travis Kelsey's. Like what Patrick Mahomes is struggling right now with the weapons he has and the studs around him. What's he gonna do those couple years, those three four years when they have to not pay some of these guys, and then he's got nobody out there throwing the ball to. Like people Can have I- to remember, it, it's not gonna happen. Like I just can't. I can't do no. it anymore. It's ridiculous. And Patrick Mahomes looks bad. Like, this isn't even a thing. This isn't even a thing where, like, they're just getting, like, like teams are just playing really well against them. There were multiple open opportunities on Sunday Night Football, and Patrick Mahomes just missed. Yep. He's he's not making these throws that we've been accustomed to him making yep. over these past few years. Like, and Travis Kelsey, watch- wide open, missed. Even Tyreek Hill, too. He's dropping balls that are thrown yep. to him. Yeah, and then you look at the, like, the whole Madden thing, right? Like, Madden made this worse putting him and Brady on the cover together. And it's like, and they had like a goat edition of the game. And it's like, guys, he's won, literally won Super Bowl. It was stupid. It was dumb. And the 20 years of Brady, did he ever look that bad? Like, he never looked like, oh, he missed, he, he's missed passes, obviously. But like the worst he's missed passes looked like what he looked like last week in New England when he was like overthrowing some balls. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was missing wide open guys by like 10 feet. Like and he doesn't look, he doesn't happened. look confident. He doesn't no, look confident out there. No, I, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to win Super Bowl this year anyway. Like I thought it really is the Bills' year, but like, come on, this is this is bad. You can't sit here and think this is the new Patriots dynasty. Like, what are we doing? It's real bad. Um, ugh, I mean, re- before we get into John Gruden, man, my my fantasy team. Listen, I've I've been wheeling and dealing this year. I have yeah. traded. Without giving away any draft picks, I have added Tyreek Hill to my roster, Saquon Barkley, Dave Montgomery. You hear those last two names I just said? Those two running backs? My two yeah. running backs? They both, they both, bye bye. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what to do now. Yeah, I don't you, you know. Can't, you, no one trusts you anymore. You're, you're the new Danny Angels. Like, no one should trade with you. Well, I this so I'm probably going to get either this trade denied or approved before the show comes out anyway tonight. Um, I, somebody's do I make this trade? Somebody is offering me, or somebody might be offering me. He originally offered me basically the two main pieces are Henderson, Daryl Henderson for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has oh. had kind of a down year fantasy wise. Wait, so what are your other what are your other receiver options on your team? My, my receiver options, I've got Emmanuel Sanders, I've got um T. Higgins, I've got Marvin Jones Jr., uh okay, Christian so you Kirk. Don't need Tyreek Tyreek Hill. I don't. You and now, need a running back. I, yeah, my running backs right now are Tony Pollard and Miles Gaskin. 
And I mean, Tony Pollard's fine if you play him with Daryl Henderson. I told him this trade doesn't happen without Antonio Gibson. Wait, you I told want Antonio him Antonio Gibson and no, I told oh. him I will make this deal if it's Antonio Gibson and not Daryl Henderson. Oh, see, I'd almost not care. Dude, Gibson, I think Gibson's better than Henderson for sure. Hasn't Gibson not been good though? He's he's been much better. Twenty points, sixteen points, fourteen points past few weeks. Okay, I mean Daryl Henderson's the guy for sure on a better team. That's true. Do you think? Do I make that move if it's Henderson for Tyreek Hill? Uh, I would. Tyreek Hill hasn't been good. Now, granted, Tyreek Hill is gonna go off at some point. It's gonna look awful in your head. Like he scored forty four points last week. <laughs> yeah, if you do that trade, it's gonna do. He's gonna do that again. And then it's going to be like, well, why did I do that trade? But right now, for your needs, I mean, maybe you can get him to throw a second player in because the, straight up, that so, buy wasn't 100% equal. So he's so he is offering – his trade right now that he offered me was uh, I give him Tony Pollard and oh. Tyreek Hill. In oh. return, I get Tyler Lockett and Daryl Henderson. Oh, see, I actually like that. Yeah, but then my RB two, I can't use Tony Pollard as an RB two. Yeah. yeah, see, I would give. Although would Gaskin, offer... Gaskin seems to be going back to being the RB one in, in Miami. I know, but that's not true. That's hard. That's that's hard. real. I know. I know. I, I don't know what to do. In some capacity, I would say yes. In some capacity, you just got to figure out the right capacity. We've like, been we've at, been talking all day. <laughs> like I look at Tony Pollard as the guy you almost want your RB2 versus with. So I would almost go back with him and be like, I'll do this if it's Gaskin instead of Pollard. That's I would prefer that. I like I want to keep I want to keep Tony Pollard. That would be my hard stop. I'd be like, look, I'm good if that's if that's Gaskin instead of Pollard. And then it becomes Tyreek Hill and Gaskin for Tyler Lockett and um Henderson. That's what I would do. I might do it. And that would be like the that's it. You might have just talked me into it because Emmanuel Sanders has been a solid fantasy yeah, receiver. I, I'm having trouble keeping him on my bench. Like I keep doing it, and I'm like, and I'm winning, but like I'm like, oh. I have two flex spots, so he's been one of my flex guys. Yeah, see, the problem is I have in my 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 wide receiver options. This will, this will hurt me until the buy, but like on this team, it's C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, who's on a buy this week, uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I just trade Allen Robinson. Good but, move. Um, He's been terrible. Yeah, I so so this was the trade. Um, this it was Allen Robinson and who else did I give him? I gave him Allen Robinson and Cole Beasley, and I got back Michael Thomas and uh Christian Kirk. That was my trade. Oh my god, yep, you crushed that trade. Yep, Christian Kirk he, puts up numbers, yeah, and then Michael Thomas comes back in two weeks. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. you crushed that trade. Yeah, all right, that was our fantasy segment. Because now we we got to talk about uh, Nick and I can't get on this podcast and not talk fantasy football. Talk I know, I know. We just have to. There's too much to talk about this week, but like we have to just have a fantasy specific segment like yeah. that. Yeah, you got Every me for week. like you got me for like 15 more minutes too because I got to go bed- bedtime. So, okay, so we'll we'll hammer out. We'll talk about John Gruden. So John Gruden, uh, as everybody knows, resigns now from Las Vegas. Oh man. A lot to unpack here. So originally this opened up, I believe it was Friday night. There was an email that was leaked. So what's happening is the NFL is investigating the Washington football team organization for just basically just like, just like a toxic workplace, bad workplace environment, uh, sexism, which we all know is true, 
Yeah, just, it's a terrible organization. Yep. Um, so they're investigating that. The NFL is having people go through hundreds of thousands of emails, like like not not nine hundred to a thousand emails, six hundred thousand plus emails. The NFL is coming through, reading them, and they Half came across some John Gruden emails. They they came across some John Gruden emails, which included him referring to the what was what was the the original insult or the original racist trope comment that he made. Which again, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you already know what it was. But uh, he referred was it was the brand Michelin tires? Yep. He referred to the. Uh, I want to get his name correct before I say it, and I'm blanking on his name, and that's my fault for not having this pulled up right now. I do have another article pulled up, but it's from the latest emails that came out. But let's just leave it at that. It was a racist trope. Now. This is the piece. This is from an ESPN, I mean, a CNN article. This is about the latest batch of emails and then with him resigning. So John Gruden, who resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders following reports of homophobic, racist, and misogynistic emails was not even a target of the NFL investigation, which led to his rapid downfall. Neither were the Raiders. In fact, the questionable emails were uncovered as part of a league investigation into workplace misconduct at the Washington football team, which is concerning to many observers, given the modern National Football League's efforts to become more inclusive and diverse. The question we should be asking is not really about the existence of the emails, but what is the culture in the NFL period says Jamel Hill, a contributing writer for the Atlantic. And this culture has existed since the very inception of the NFL. It's about the people he was emailing. It's about all the people he was emailing. People realize that he was emailing back and forth. So if this is the pervasive attitude, if this is the group think in the NFL, black people don't have a chance of being in leadership in the NFL at all, because this is not just about John Gruden. Again, this is from Jim. That's, uh, a quote from Jamel Hill of the of the Atlantic. Uh, now, on Monday, the New York Times reported it reviewed more emails and found Gruden denounced women being employed as on-field officials, a team drafting an openly gay player, and the tolerance for national anthem protests. So he uh, called Roger Goodell the derogatory term that begins with an F. And on top of all of that, he also received topless photos of Washington football team cheerleaders from a photo shoot where they really didn't need to be topless because this was for a calendar, I believe, which they weren't putting those pictures in the calendar. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And those pictures were also sent to John Gruden amongst some many other people. Now, all of this is coming out. John Gruden resigns, obviously. Number one, a we have discovered that John Gruden is kind of a scumbag. Scumbag. hundred percent. Grade one scumbag, douchebag, whatever you want to say. Absolutely. It's absolutely insane. The fact that he hasn't gotten caught, like other people got these emails and thought it was okay. And he was working at ESPN at the time. This wasn't even while he was coaching. This was while he was employed by the four letter network. And I don't want to sit here and this, this kind of looks bad on ESPN too. Like, how did you like, was this his work email? Like, so that's the thing. These people, a lot of them were using their work email. And on top of that, you got to think about this too. And, and Jamel Hill mentioned this in the CNN article. She, she didn't write the CNN article, it's a quote. But this part is true. He wasn't emailing himself. There were, and he, like, this included the team president too for Washington football team. He was emailing a lot of other people. And again, there's 650,000 plus emails. 
I have a feeling that John Gruden's not going to be the only one who gets found out here. No. And you know, like John Gruden's career is over. He's not going to work anywhere really again in, in the spotlight. These people are going to have the same issue. And like this, this comes down to Dan Snyder's scum. He's awful. And this should come down to like him having to lose the football team. They should, when, they should force a sale of this team. This, this is because this is what's coming to like, yes, John Gruden's to blame for some of this, but like, it also stems from the fact that the Washington football team is a crappy place to work in a terrible environment. And Dan Snyder probably knew about all this. So I hope the league finishes its investigation of clearly they're not done and actually does something about Dan Snyder because clearly that's, this is part of the problem too. But yeah, it is, John Gruden, it, out. it's unbelievable that it's, it's unbelievable. Like what are we doing? Having these types of conversations too, like on work emails where work emails, nope. We're like, obviously, you you want him to be caught. Like, this shouldn't be happening, of course. But, like, are you that dull? They that might as well have been slacking emails back and, like, pictures back and forth of these cheerleaders. Like, they might as well have just been doing an, in, like, internal messaging system. Like, this is exa exactly the same thing. It's absolutely insane that they, got, right. they didn't get caught sooner. And I believe I read that the team president sent these topless mm -hmm. uh, pictures via the team's email. Yeah, doesn't and don't, like high-level executive places like the uh, National Football League team have filters and, and stuff that, like, constantly spam and – not spam, but, like, constantly view emails and catch for bad content. Like, you think something like this would have been caught unless a team knew about it and kind of didn't have the filters in place and let all this stuff happen. Again, Dan Snyder. Right, and it's the team president. And, like, and sadly, like, this is just the, the world that we unfortunately live in where a lot of people fear for their jobs. So if they see the team president sending that stuff, like, that's – they the guy who's, yeah, yeah, like that's in again, that's a very unfortunate reality that we live in, and that needs to change. Like yeah. somebody, if they were, if they did know about this, they should have spoke up, but they didn't. John Gruden losing his job obviously is something that had to happen here. I'm just super interested to see how the rest of this unfolds because, again, over 600,000 emails being combed through in this terrible organization where it's a horrible work environment where they're openly, where they're having cheerleaders, and this is so this is so gross. They're having these cheerleaders post topless, and it wasn't just in front of a photographer. They invited sponsors to this. They invited other men to this. And then they also, the I think the director of the, in, in, if it wasn't, if this isn't the case, I forget who actually had them do that, but the sponsors were there, and then they had the cheerleaders go out with the sponsors later that night. And basically escort them, yeah, to these clubs. Like they're yeah. they're that pissing a, these girls out. What are we doing? This is a national football team cheerleading squad, just cheerleading team. You know, typical Patriots have one too, and and they're just pimping them out to sponsors. It's disgusting. And the sponsors knew about it too. All these sponsors knew about it. Nothing, just nothing. It's Lord disgusting. My mind, and this, this all goes to Dan Snyder now. John Gruden's the first domino to fall, especially because he's a headline name. I, I'm agreeing with you. I, I totally expect more. I'm so intrigued to see what names come out of this next. And you know who I feel bad for in all this? It's Ron Rivera. He's a good dude, and he coaches for a crappy organization. I feel bad for Ron guy. Rivera, too. Ron Rivera should go to Vegas. Yeah. Can we just resign midseason? I'm going to go coach for Vegas. Ron Thanks. Rivera should go to Vegas. Get him out of good there. Football. He doesn't good, deserve good to football be there. team in Vegas. I mean, I game. mean, he deserves the football team doesn't deserve him because they're a shitbag organization. Awful. 
And there's going to be a lot more news that comes out about that. So mm-hmm. let's slide over now, unless you have anything else you want to say about that. Scumbags. Next, Red Sox. Red Sox, ALDS champions. Mm. This team went to the ALDS, and we did not think that they were going to – again, I picked them to win this series, but it wasn't a confident pick. It was just a gut feeling. And I totally understand everybody who did not think they were going to win. And remember now, game one, last Thursday, Eduardo Rodriguez got his shit rocked. He got absolutely shit rocked. And right yeah, then and there, think. right then and there, I was like, this series is done. Mm-hmm. They cannot win this series. Yeah, I didn't want him to get the ball last night. No. Nope. And he was nails last night. Nails. Nails. Probably could have kept, kept going. Yeah. How do you feel about that? How do you feel, how do you feel about the analytics department? Really? I'm so they over just... analytics. I'm so over analytics baseball. It's not even funny. Like that's a game. And don't get me wrong. Core is the best at like shutting them up when they need to be shut up. Like that bunt they put down last night. That was not an analytics play. That was, that was Alex Cora feeling the game and seeing that he needed to put a bunt down. Like that's old school baseball. You don't, you don't analytics that. But the fact that Erod was dealing, they couldn't touch him. Wasn't that a high pitch count? And they said, you're done after five in a game that needs, we need to win to not have to go back to the trough. Like, what are we doing? We know our bullpen sucks. What are we doing? That, and that's not, a play not only say, that too, I'm giving him one more inning. Like not only that too, like analytics, Josh Taylor's out there in relief. He's dealing. And yep. then you pull him for, for Ryan Brazier, which Boy, Ryan Brazier, ugh. honestly has been pretty good. Ugh. Near the end of the season in the postseason, Ryan Brazier has been good. But Josh Taylor had commanded that game, and that's a game that you obviously you need to win. And they were gaining momentum, and then Ryan Brazier was three doubles in a row? Three doubles in a row. Wasn't there a homer in there? I don't think so. It was very close to the wall. I don't think there was any home runs. That might have been the one thing that they missed. (laughs) Like, my God. Thank God they won that game last night, because if they go back to Tampa, they probably don't win. There was Uh, so much momentum on the side of Tampa Bay. Right down to the Kevin Kiermaier throwing out Alex Verdugo. What do you think? Was he safe or out? He was safe. I think it was super close. I th- I, I think if he I, called, well, if they call it safe on the field, then he's he's safe in the replay. Like I don't think you could have exactly. overturned it. But I don't know how the ump saw that in real time and said, "Oh yeah, he's out." Yeah. No, I thought he was. I thought he was safe at first glance too. But it was too close to call. And then especially like when you're doing the review, I mean, it's it was unbelievable. Like you can't you can't reverse that. Unfortunately, it was way too close. Um. Talk about the studs, though, of this series. High and Bloom is number one. Holy shit! Yep. We and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna exempt myself from this because at the trade deadline I wanted Anthony Rizzo. We all did. I was mm-hmm. bummed the Red Sox didn't get Anthony Rizzo. They got Kyle Schwarber. Cool. Okay, I wasn't upset about that, but I was like, okay, well, I would have rather Anthony Rizzo. He's a he's a true first baseman that we know the dude can hit. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I I don't know. Maybe Nathan Evaldi in the last trade deadline, or I mean, in the 2018 season. But I don't know if I've ever seen a trade like this midseason where the guy just fits perfect in Boston. He is perfect for here. Yeah, I, I hope he comes back in some capacity next year. Um, Kyle Schroeder loves it here. He seems to just get it. Um, he fits in with what the team's doing, like mannerisms and their celebrations, and he just thought it can hit. Like, he can just hit the crap. And that was never an issue for me. He can hit the crap out of the ball. I'm over and being mad about the Kyle Schwarber thing because he's come up so many big times since he's been here. The bad thing for me last night was the fact that they took him out and then his spot came up in the order and they had to pinch it Travis Shaw for for Dahlbeck or whatever because, like, they need, you know what I mean? So, like, 
that is where I was a little hesitant. But like, look, I'm not. Haim has killed it. You look about look about who he's brought in here, and who's competing in this game. Like Schwarber, Verdugo, Kike Hernandez, who's been like the hottest hitter on the planet since got this whole series. Um, Kike is a good baseball player. Kike is just, a good he's just baseball. flat out good. Kike is a good <laughs> baseball player. Um, and and keep going. You bring him. He brought in Hunter Renfro, who's been good for this team. You bring in, he brought in Poleki, who's been really good for this team, especially for Nate Aldi. List goes on and on. Heimblum knows what he's doing. He brought back Alex Cora, right? Like he knows what he's doing. We can get off the Heimblum bashing train now. And you brought up Alex Verdugo too. I mean, Alex Verdugo. I heard the stat the other day. Alex Verdugo has more RBIs in the postseason already than Mookie Betts did in 21 games in the postseason with the Red Sox. Yeah, because um, Mookie Betts and, was not good in the postseason. Verdugo no, has been and, nasty. And hasn't Mookie not been that great? In the series, like he had two sixty four on the season this year. Yeah, like Verdugo's been the better player since the trade. Like I know they won. I know Mookie won a World Series, but like he's also not a stacked team. Heim couldn't have probably gotten any better return. The only guy I'm still mad about is the fact that they ditched that dude for instead and got and got Jeter Downs. Brewster. Uh, oh no, they got yeah they ditched him for was it even Jeter Downs or was it um was it Connor Wong instead? Who they end up getting? Instead? I think it was Jeter Downs. I think it was, it was Jeter, Jeter Downs. Downs. And like yeah, they need a second baseman, but. Dude, he would have been huge if they kept. He throws him. gas. They could have used him in the gas. bullpen this year. My God! But like, you look at that trade. Verdugo is probably the best, one of the best situations you could have got back, and he breathes Boston. He the, loves the, it, was, it here. He loves it here, and like Poppy was his hero, and Poppy's bought in on him, like off the field stuff. And you watch like the videos from Nesson, and, and someone asked him, like, you know, how do you feel about Boston? He's like, oh yeah, I love it here, man. I'm your I'm your cousin Vinny from Boston. Like, he, and he said in the Boston accent, like. This dude just breathed. He got like a gold chain, and it has like the Red Sox be on it and like SpongeBob on the SpongeBob side. on the back. <laughs> yeah, and his meaning for it was, well, yeah, I I just love this city and I feel like I'm a Bostonian and um I just want to remind everybody every day that like I love it here and I don't want to leave or whatever. And then he's like, oh yeah, and I got SpongeBob on the back to remind myself just to stay happy all the time. And I was like, what, dude? Verdugo's awesome. I love him so much. He's great. Alex Verdugo fan club. This is this is my thing about this team this year and. And you don't really see a lot of this stuff until you get to the postseason, but this team loves each other. And that's Mm -hmm. like the, that's the differentiating factor that you see every single time the Red Sox run into a deep postseason is this team really gets along. This team really loves being around each other. And that shows like they're having a blast. This team, when their confidence is high, they're tough to beat. You know what that can't just send them down. You know what that is? Alex Cora. Yeah. Because that's been the difference. Like, this team is, I mean, yeah, they brought in pieces, but, like, Alex Cora was not here last year, and the team sucked. They got down, and they kept being down. Look how many comeback wins they have this year. Like, and especially the first half of the season, right? The difference is Cora. He wants to be here. He gets along with these guys. He takes the time to go to people's individual lockers in the clubhouse and just chat them up, see how they're doing, and see how their families are doing, and gets to know these players. And now you're seeing they're, they're playing, like, nothing for this guy. They're playing balls to the walls every five minutes, and Look, I'm not I'm not doubting this team being the Astros because that's who they're playing officially now. And I'm not doubting them going to the World Series at this point because Alex Cora has them playing like they're like they're a hundred and five win team. Uh, I know you gotta go now. Who's uh what's your pick? What's your official pick? Because we do now. I'm like, I want celebration ALCS. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Houston, Houston's it. Yeah, they won ten to one. Houston versus Boston. Um, yeah. Um I'm going Red Sox. But I can see Houston winning. You wonder why? Because it's like the last dance. Because Carlos Correa already said he's gone after this year. Like 
he's already said it. Uh, and then they got like nothing left. Um, I'm going Red Sox in six, but I don't feel good about it. Like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, I'm going Sox in seven. I think it's going to be an electric series. I mean, it's going to be an electric series either way. Whether they win or lose this series, it's going to be an amazing because they don't like each other. Like, they don't like each other. No. Because um, no one likes the Astros in this league. Like, nobody likes the Astros. And you know what? For the first time in a very long time, the country is going to be behind Boston because nobody in this country likes the Astros anymore. Nobody wants Houston to see the Astros fans. back in it. No one wants – and they've been in the LCS for the last, like, six years, and they've only won one title, and yeah. it was the year they cheated. Yeah. So, look, I think the Red Sox are going to be, like, be the story that everyone's rooting for around the country to get to the World Series. Um, after that, I don't know. God bless you for whoever you're going to face out of the NL, whoever comes out of the AL, but um, it's going to be a fun series. I'm excited. Friday night. Can't wait. It's going to be a wagon of a series. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 228. Guys, go check out our friends over at manscaped.com. Use promo code COUCHGUY20 at checkout for 20% off with free shipping. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guys, we're going to talk to you next week. About gonna, at that point, we're going to be about halfway through the ALCS. We're going to have some news there for you. And post-Patriots Cowboys game. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. Oh, wait, shit. Thank you.